0: Hey, this is Dr. Priyanka Venugopal, and you're listening to the Unstoppable Mom Brain Podcast. Episode 73, a conversation with my client, Dr. Emily Heasley. Emily is a busy OBGYN physician with little kids. And the one thing that she said she wanted before our work together was... She wanted to feel a simplicity and a sustainability with how she lost weight. Emily shares on the podcast episode today how she stopped experiencing decision fatigue and felt so much more flexibility in the way that we lose weight inside the unstoppable group compared to every other strategy that she had tried in the past. And most importantly, Emily shares how she created so much more time, energy, and bandwidth to live the life that she wanted. It is such a good conversation. I cannot wait for you to take a listen to it. Also, I want to make sure that you know I have a brand new webinar happening in four weeks. The Do Less Work, Lose More Weight webinar is happening on Sunday, September 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can grab your seat over at mombrain.com forward slash webinar mark your calendars now i know how it gets being a busy high achieving working mom here's why you want to attend this webinar and come live if you have ever felt like weight loss feels like a struggle like it feels like too much time energy effort work and bandwidth this is going to be the webinar for you when weight loss feels like a perpetual struggle when it feels like too much time energy and effort It is not going to last. And I want you to know that you are not alone if this has been your experience. On this webinar, you're going to learn how you can lose the weight that you want with half the time, half the energy, and half the mental bandwidth. It is going to change the trajectory of how you lose weight and keep it off for good. And right after the webinar, the Unstoppable Group is going to be opening for enrollment. This is my six-month intimate small group coaching program for high-achieving working moms who want to lose weight without a calculator and they want to hit their body goals now. When you're registered for the Do Less Work, Lose More Weight webinar, you qualify for a one-on-one strategy call with me when you join the unstoppable group within 48 hours of doors opening. Now spots are capped and limited for the unstoppable group. So I highly encourage you to get ready to book your sales call with me on day one when doors open on September 17th. I cannot wait to see you in this webinar. It is going to be so good. Grab your seat over at the unstoppable mombrain.com forward slash webinar. Now let's get into my conversation with Dr. Emily Heasley. If you want to reach your ideal weight and create lightness for your body, you need to have simplicity, joy, and strategic decisions infused into your life. I'm a physician turned life and weight loss coach for ambitious, working moms. I've lost over 60 pounds without counting points, calories, or crazy exercise plans. Most importantly, I feel calm and light on the scale and in my life. There's some delicious magic when you learn this work and the skills I'm going to be teaching you. Ready? Let's get to it. Hey, Emily, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad to have you here where we are going to talk about all the things that I think high achievers especially struggle with and how you have really overcome so much of it in our work together. So before we get started, Dr. Emily Heasley is an OBGYN. She's a badass ninja as I really think about a lot of physicians, especially OBGYNs are, and I would love for you to share a little bit about where you were. So tell us a little bit about you and then we are going to dive into all of the fun things. Okay.
1: So um, I'm an OBGYN. I'm in private practice. I've been out of residency for about six years and the last year of residency, like right on the cusp of third and fourth year, I had a baby. And then I like slowly was gaining weight. I wasn't like packing on the pounds, but I would say over that seven years, I probably gained about like 15 or 20. I don't really know what my starting weight was then, but but like 15 or 20. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't so much of a problem yet. Like it was in the overweight range, but it wasn't getting to where it was affecting like my activities or anything. But I could tell that if it continued on that way, like two pounds a year for the rest of my life, we were gonna be in a spot where I did not want to be. Like I have plans that I wanna do in the future with my children and just with myself. And I had tried a lot on my own before, and nothing worked. And so I was just frustrated, and then I was worried it was just going to continue to grow and grow and grow, and there was no way to go backwards. So I was listening to a separate podcast about gynecology, interestingly, but you were a guest there, and so that's how I found out about this group and how this all got started.
0: I love it. So I remember one of the things that that you said when we first spoke on a consult, like I think this was back in January or February of this year one of the things that you said is, I don't want to diet. I think that that was like one of the very first things you said you had tried calorie tracking and you said, I hated it and I don't want to diet. You also said, I have this written down. That's why this is like so fascinating. You said, I don't like rules and I don't want to think about it. Does that sound like you? You're like, yeah. sounds like me. <laughs> so tell me, I just want to kind of help, you know, anyone that's listening, paint a picture of where you were before we started working together. You said, Tell so what were all of the things that you had tried in the past that didn't work because you you noticed after you had your your babies like you started gaining a little bit of weight every year what did you try to undo some of that or were you even trying to do anything about it so at the time I think,
1: Well after the first baby I only gained 11 pounds at pregnancy which is not recommended but that was really easy. I was just like, I walked out of the hospital, probably weighing less than I did prior to pregnancy. Um, but the last two, I gained like the appropriate amount of weight and it just, Mm -hmm. I lost it, but then I kind of just slowly crept back in over time. And so with those ones, I think I did mostly calorie counting. I wasn't big on restricting like what, what I can and can't eat. I was just like, that's fine. I can have this whole bowl of ice cream. If it's 800 calories, I just won't eat later on. And so that's kind of what I did, but I hated logging into my phone. I hated having to search for the food. I hated having to be like, how much did I eat? Because serving size is not necessarily what I was eating. And I, mm-hmm. it just got very tedious. Like it would work for a while. And then I got tedious and I was like, I hate this. It's fine. Like, I'll just stop and keep what I'm doing. And it'll still work magically in my mind. Magically, it would just still work.
0: But right. That's not how that's not how it goes. Okay, so I love this. So you lost the weight after you had your kids, but you said it slowly crept back on. And do you think it slowly crept back on because you were doing this, like it'll magically work itself out? It's not, I don't want to log, I don't want to track. It'll magically work out, but clearly it wasn't. What do you think it was that was creating the creep up? Was it that you were eating bowls of ice cream and nothing else? Like what was it no. that led to the creep up for you?
1: I actually ate pretty well. I think I would do a lot of, cause I have an unpredictable schedule two times a week. I would do a lot of like, oh, I might get hungry later and there's not gonna be a chance for me to get food so I should eat now. Or like, I'll skip that meal but then I'd be like just a little bit hungry and be like, oh, I should still eat it, I'm still hungry. Or we'd be somewhere with friends and I wouldn't be that hungry but everybody else was eating so I would eat. And so it wasn't always like that it was unhealthy food. It was just like, I wasn't gonna skip a meal. I didn't feel like I should be skipping a meal because then I thought that was just like diet brain almost. Like I'm restricting myself so I'm not gonna do that. And so I think I just slowly was just eating too much. Like not eating when I was truly, truly hungry. And probably eating, mm-hmm. depending on the situation, to being like more full than I wanted to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not necessarily yeah. super comfortable, but just like I didn't need to be that full. But I was like, well, the food's here, so I'm gonna eat it.
0: Right. So it's like not the picture that you see in the movies of like somebody just eating all kinds of crap food all the time. That that wasn't what you were doing. But what's exactly. so fascinating, I think this is probably so important for somebody that's listening to this to know is that's not how we gain weight. That might be like on the, in the movies you see, or like maybe you read in a book, that's how people gain weight, but that's not how we gain weight. It was little moments of basically eating when you weren't hungry, eating because you were worried about being hungry later, everybody else is eating. So I'm going to eat. It was like little moments like that, that started to kind of accumulate. And that was, I'm curious whether you feel like that's what led to the creep up over the years that you were worried about it getting out of control.
1: I think so. And then I also think now that I have children and I didn't used to do this, like I would just grocery shop and put my stuff away, but like I'm making lunches every day. So then I need a little bit of whatever I was making them. Like there were other like snacks that prior to this, I, they just weren't in my life. And now that they were, it was like easy to just eat a little bit of that and not even really notice it because it's a little bit at a time. But if you're doing that two or three times a day, every single day, that's going to add up to a lot of it. So,
0: mm, yeah. Okay. So when you think about like, some of the things that you had talked about before we started working together was like, I don't like rules and I don't want to think about it. What do you think it was before we worked together that you felt that way about... Is it that you didn't want to be that way forever? Like You could probably stick to some rules for short periods of time. You could log a track for short periods of time, but that's not the way you wanted to like live forever. What was it about rules and not wanting to think about it for you that made you be like, that's not the way for me?
1: So I think with rules, rules are interesting because I like rules in some parts of my life. Like I like rules in my job because it tells me what to do next. If this is happening, then you do this. And that I like. I think with the rules, well, first of all, like my mother dieted a lot when I was younger and it annoyed me because she'd always be like, I can't have this and I can't have this while everybody else was eating. And I just found it annoying. And she's a normal weight, so I don't know. But And I think with the rules is I didn't feel like me saying I can't have dessert or like that's not going to be a long-term solution. And I knew that. So to me, it mm-hmm. just felt like, what's the point of restricting if I'm not going to live like this forever anyway? Mm-hmm. And so I think I was just like, intuitively, I knew that wasn't really going to be a something that had good longevity in my life. So I immediately was like, no, that's not the answer. But I didn't know what other options there were.
0: So Right. So it's like you knew, and this is, I love that you're bringing this up because I think high achievers and working moms, and we know in the OBGYN Community rules are super valuable, like having protocols and rules. I think it's like this, it creates a safety zone for, for us, right? When we're, we have so many things going on. And I think one of the things you had said is you experienced decision fatigue. That was the other thing that you wanted to get out of decision fatigue. I remember you mentioning that. And it's kind of this, this interesting catch-22. It's like we don't want the rules, we also don't want to be in decision fatigue, right? And I think that rules help us free ourselves from decision fatigue, but I think that what you're saying is the way that you had been following quote unquote diet rules is not the way you wanted to maintain your weight forever. Like you're talking about your mom and just her saying like, I'm not allowed to eat that. I can't eat that. Just felt annoying. You didn't want that for yourself forever. So if it's not that type of rule, I'm just curious, what are your, what do you think about rules now after our work together?
1: I mean, I think what I like about, because I do have specific rules, we're going to talk about that later, but like I have specific mm-hmm. rules, like I'll eat when I'm this hungry and I'll stop when I'm like this. But um, I think now there's some flexibility within the rules, which makes it a lot more, like I can see it lasting long-term versus just, I'm going to live like this for three months and then I can't do it past that. And so I think the flexibility in the rules helps a little bit and knowing like, okay, if I break a rule one time, it's not it's not the end of the world. Like I can just pick back up and start again the next meal, day, whatever, depending on the time of day, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't have to just be like, okay, now they're all gone.
0: I'm not doing it anymore. Right. So it's it's almost like the difference, I think then we, we should definitely t- touch on this later too. I think the difference is before we did our work together, I think the rules felt very all or nothing. Like I'm not allowed to have this and I can have this. And if you eat the thing you're not supposed to have, we go into a cycle of like kind of some blame and criticism. And there I go again, it's never going to work. Whereas what we do together in the Unstoppable Group is we kind of retrain our brain to think about rules as like guideposts. I think about like any quote unquote rule as simply like a, like a tool you have in your back pocket that you get to decide: is today the day that I want to utilize this rule? Is it? And it's like a, an area of flexibility that you get to decide with total agency whether this is something that's going to serve you. Does that sound like? Does that sound true for you?
1: Yes. And it feels better that way. And I think before, and we recently, I just realized it like a couple of weeks ago, like I don't have really strong negative self-talk. I'm not like, Oh, you idiot. You shouldn't have done that. But it was really, really subtle. And it was just more like, well, it would have been better if you would have done this. Like it was just like, like, you could have just done a little bit more, just a little bit more. The number would have gone down more if you just didn't need that. Like, so I think it wasn't quite as obvious to me until I started really like digging deep. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh wait, there it is. That's what that
0: is. That Yeah, yeah, that was your flavor, right? I think that that's so good because some people really do have that overt, really overt negative self-talk. But I think you and I are very similar in that sense that I never thought of myself as someone that had negative self-talk. I'm like, I'm a fairly like practical and positive person. Like, you know, I see the glass half full often. Yet, I think our flavor of negative self-talk can be so much harder to figure out because it's so subtle. It's like, if only you had just done a little bit more. If only you had just done. Mm -hmm. Right. I was just going to say, I think, like, in other parts of my life, doing a
1: little bit more always helps me. Like, if I do a little bit more, it's saving me work down the road. Or if I do a little bit more, I will get into medical school. Or, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. all these other just a little bit more put me over the top. But in this Mm -hmm. situation, it's not great. So it's
0: not great. And it just doesn't feel good. Okay. So. Let's just rewind for a second. One of the other things that we had talked about before our work together was you do have an unpredictable schedule, right? So some days of the week, it's very regimented. You have office hours, you have a routine, but then you're also on call at the hospital a couple of days a week or a couple of weekends a month. And you can't predict your exact schedule, your exact meals, how much sleep, which we have really coached on a lot, how much sleep you're going to get. So what do you think it was about your schedule before we started working together that felt like a barrier to how you were trying to lose weight before? Like your time, your effort, your energy. What did you think before?
1: Well, one of the things was we cover two hospitals and one of them is much slower and it's rare that we're over there, but occasionally I have to go back and forth. And I usually pack my lunch just at baseline, but I was like, oh, then I got to haul like three meals of food because I might not be home for 24 hours, back and forth, back and forth, worry about the refrigerator. It just seems like a huge process but there's often free food on labor and delivery because patients buy free food for everybody. So then I was like, well, that's fine. There'll just be something there, but it's not usually very healthy food. So it's like donuts or like they get a bunch of candy or you could go to the hospital coffee shop. But again, the options were more limited that way. So then I think I was, I don't want to say lazy because I wasn't being lazy, but I think I was just kind of depending on something that was already done for me that I didn't have to think about to manage like what I was going to eat. And also again, a lot of the like Well, I may not like if I knew I had a busy day when I got signed out. I'd be like, well, I have to eat breakfast now because I'm not going to eat until 6 p.m., even though I wasn't hungry. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a lot of stuff going on like that where I was eating when not hungry to like prepare for later when I was going to be hungry and couldn't eat. And then I was just eating a lot of food that was already there that wasn't necessarily the best choice. So I think that's where I was at, kind of.
0: Yeah. What do you think? What did you used to think about how much time and energy and work and effort it was going to take to? lose the weight you wanted. And more importantly for you, I think it was like to stop the creep up from continuing. Well like what did you what did you believe it was gonna take? Time, effort, energy, work? I would have to I think I just
1: back to the calorie counting. Like I think I was just Mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm just really gonna have to keep track of it. And that was the other thing with calorie counting that I hated was if I was going back and forth, I didn't always have time to enter. So then I'd be like retrospectively trying to figure out what did I eat today? Did I actually that much or did I eat more? Like but I think I thought I would just have to do that forever and like also, I mean, somehow like just use like willpower and manage through like, you know, a strong arm through not eating the donuts in the lounge or like in our office or whatever. So I think it was more like that, like, just like, don't even go in the break room. You're not, you don't want to eat it anyway. If you see it, you're going to eat it. So just stay out of there and things
0: like that. Mm, yeah. And I think that that speaks a little bit to one of the things that you'd mentioned on our call so many months ago was I don't want to have to think about it. That Mm -hmm. was a big piece for you. Because I think from from what I remember, it was like, okay, I want to stop this creep. But because if this continues, this is really going to become a problem. So you almost came in a little bit like, I want to prevent this from turning into a problem. It was like, I think that that was kind of your perspective coming in. You wanted to lose weight, but you also wanted to prevent this from becoming a problem. And the second one, I think, was you were really focused. I think this is so brilliant. You were really focused on sustainability. So you were Mm -hmm. like, not only do I would not want this to become a problem, the sense that I got from you is I also don't want to have to think about this all the time. I don't want to have so many rules that I have to keep track of because you're a busy, I mean, you're a physician, you're an OBGYN, it's like a special flavor of busy. So I think that that was the sense I got from you. You wanted it to be something sustainable forever. And that is what I think we discussed in what we would get to do together. What do you think about that?
1: I agree. I definitely wanted to be sustainable forever, and even like now when I do my daily work and stuff, like one of the the outcomes will be like more time to think about other things aside from food, because I just feel like I don't want to spend hours a day thinking about it. Like, should I eat it? Should I not eat it? I just want to like eat it or not eat it, and then move on with my life and do other things. And so, I mean, I always like the goal of weight loss is a whole bunch of things, but then also less stress involving food or less thought involving food, things like that. So. I yeah. was write it in my work too, because that's what I want. I don't want to think about it constantly.
0: Yeah, it's like we want to actually live our life. I think that that's yes. the, and it's so, I love this so much because of course, what we do in the Unstoppable Group is weight loss. But I think what we're talking about on a week to week basis is how can high achievers and working moms have more of the life they actually want and live the life that they actually want and think about the things that they actually want and just like have this not be a thing anymore. Just like have this in the background where we're not even having to think about it where it's kind of done and solved so you can live the life that I think we've all worked so hard for, right? The other thing that you said, and then I want to kind of get to the work that we did together. So the other thing that you had said was you would have this plan and you said the plan was pretty good. I remember you were like, you know, I actually like the weight that I eat is pretty good. It's not that bad. I don't have a problem with it. But when I get home, if I feel bored or stressed, I'm just like, F it. <laughs> Screw it. Screw the plan. I just don't even care right now. And that is when you would kind of go off, go off. So go off your plan or go off the rails. So what do you think it was about, before we worked together, your experience of just your day-to-day stress, your boredom that you'd get home and have that moment? What was it that led you to just say, F it, screw the plan? I think it was just like me trying to relax,
1: to be honest with you. Like Mm -hmm. it was like some days and not every day, but my children wake up at six. I work from 8.30, so the first two and a half hours a day, I'm taking care of kids. Then from 8.30 to 4.30, I'm working if I'm not on call, then I'm working all night. And then I would, you know, there's two of the older ones have activities. So we would do that. And then by the time we're sitting down for dinner, it's like 6.30, we have dinner and then we do bedtime. So at like 8.30, I've had no time to myself. It's been like 14 hours straight of taking care of other people, literally, because that's also what I do for my job. And -hmm. I was just like, oh, well, now I should get a treat because I need to just sit down and chill out and not think about anybody else. Just me right now. I think that's more what it was like. It was kind of like rewarding myself for all the hard work I did earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I think what we talked about on our call was like that, and it works. That's why it turned into a habit because in that moment you do get like the five minutes or 30 minutes or however long you're eating, you do get the break and your brain's like, Oh, this works really well. It just turns it into a habit. What we talked about was how did you feel about those decisions the next day? Didn't that feel great? Right so that was what we really talked about like you know it did feel good in the moment and food is always going to be a vehicle that creates that built in break it's going to release endorphins into your brain but how did you feel about it after the fact and i think that that's where we really talked about like what would it look like to feel taken care of in the moment and also love the decisions that you made yeah. the next day do you remember that so what, what did I you think about that. that when we when we first I talked do about that, that. And
1: I also, because I think I said something like, I'm really good at delayed gratification. Like I wouldn't be here today when mm. I'm doing what I'm doing if I wasn't good at like, you know, all my friends got jobs right out of college and I went to school for four more years and I had a really low paying a lot of hours job for four more years. Right. Before 30 when I got like a real job, basically. And yeah. so that was fine. I didn't even bet an that I was like, this is the end goal. This is where I want to be. This is what I have to do to get there. But for whatever reason, in this aspect, I didn't have the same thought process.
0: Yeah, I... Well, Emily, I will also wonder whether you didn't know that there was some such a thing as delayed gratification, Mm -hmm. and also like not ignoring your current needs. Because we know when you're talking about like, I think with medical school and residency, we tell ourselves this is just for four years. So you're able to muscle through the rules and like the millions of hours and the very little pay that residents get paid, which is I mean, this is a topic for we should have a whole separate podcast conversation with, with all the physicians that have had to go through that experience. But So in our mind, we're able to get through short periods of time with willpower. Yes. And I do think I did that
1: thought, like, it will be over. This is when it ends. Like, like I had a baby the last year because I was like, I can do it for one year. I don't think I could parent for the full four years, but for one year, I can suck it up and do it. Yes. And so that's why we timed our children when we did like.
0: That's right. And so what we're talking about is it's, it's part of it is the delayed gratification, but part of it was because subconsciously you had told yourself it's just for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's just for four years. So like you were able to muscle through. And I think all working moms have a very strong muscle of willpower because of this. We've been able to grit and grind for short periods of time. You'll see results. You'll like succeed. And so your brain thinks, oh, like I can maybe muscle through other things. But the difference with weight loss and what we are talking about is this is a forever thing. You're not going to be able to muscle through forever. Yeah, you're (laughs) correct. Right? That's what it was. It was like, never that's done. why yeah. you got through for four years. It's like, that's why you can muscle through. You can muscle through calorie counting, counting macros, exercising six days a week, that 90 day juice cleanse or the detox. You can muscle through anything for short periods of time and you will absolutely lose weight. You just won't sustain it. Can you imagine yes, being in residency forever? Can you imagine?
1: No, being? I would never. No. I actually really enjoyed residency and have very good friends, but never ever again will I do it. So...
0: Yeah. And this is the unfortunate truth of what we've done with weight loss. We've turned it into a lifelong experience, like what residency was grit and grind Mm -hmm. all the time, where you get little, little mini wins, but then you can't sustain it forever. I love that. So let's just take a little pivot. When we started working together, you kind of came in with this idea of you really wanted to not have rules. You wanted to stop calorie tracking and logging every single thing you ate. You wanted to be able to fit in weight loss into your very busy, hectic OBGYN life. Mm -hmm. And you wanted to be able to experience like real life curveballs, like having stress and boredom as we do without having to go to food. So tell us a little bit about what your experience was like in our work together and how you started to create that for yourself. So I think, you know, at first I just did no
1: flour, no sugar for like I felt pretty good after like two weeks. I don't because again, I don't think I was eating too poorly. It wasn't like a big long prolonged thing. But I did for three or four. I can't remember exactly. And there was a big weight loss there, which I was expecting. But then negative self talk. I was like, well, that's just because you're going to eat these again. And it's going to come right back. But you know, and then I was like, but I need to figure out how it works in there. So at the beginning, I think because I was motivated. So it was super, you know, we had our goal setting session and I was like, all right, let's go. I think that that showed some pretty quick results right away. And then obviously real life sets in and you get tired or you have a bad call or you have four children and they're all wild or, you know, many things happen. But I think, you know, one, the daily work really helps me. I think there's only been two weeks out of this whole three or four months that I haven't done it daily, which I think is helpful because even at the beginning, it seemed repetitive. And it's still like I'm writing very similar things till I wrote at the beginning. But now they like mean more to me because I like can see it working. And I believe it a little bit more when I write it. Like I'm like, yeah, this is how it's going to be if I keep doing these things. So that reinforces it. And I believe it more than when I started. And then like, I think our weekly coaching calls really help just kind of zoom in and even listening to other people. Because even if it's a different situation, it applies to a lot of different ways in my life. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or that could happen to me. So that's good to know for the future, right? There's a really similar situation going on. And just listening to you coach them, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way to think about it that I didn't think about before. So I think that has been really helpful too. Cause it's not just my experience it's seeing how other people have similar problems or even just different problems, but handle it in a similar way. Mm-hmm. And I think all that's been really helpful. And then over time is well, a, like there's been results, but B, I just feel better in my life. Like I do not feel as stressed. I, I still have the weekly coaching calls and the daily work. And I still feel like it's less work than what I was doing previously, which didn't have all this extra stuff. I think that just in my overall life, I feel less stressed and less tired and I have less decision fatigue, like I said at the beginning. And I think that's been really helpful as well.
0: Yeah. So, so there's a there's a few things that you said that I wanted to kind of tease apart. So the first thing was like, and I love that you experience this with the intimate group. And this is something that I have my intention in creating the Unstoppable Group was to create a very intimate community of like-minded high achievers. Now, everyone in this group is not a physician. Right. So we have attorneys and we have veterinarians and professors and team leaders and people in tech. Like it's so fascinating how we have different industries, but everyone identifies as a high achieving working mom. And how just being in an intimate room like that, you've gotten to see and kind of learn from the coaching that somebody else has gotten. And maybe you might not be experiencing right off the bat, but you're like, ooh, I can totally experience that happening. I remember I think it was Anjali who sent me a message and she was like, I think Hope was getting coached on something and she said, change the time and the place and that I can so see that happening for me. So I'm curious what your experience has been. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about like your experience of watching somebody else get coached on something that was impactful for you. I think usually my feelings when somebody's saying, well, like there's two veterinarians in my
1: group, so it's not exactly the same thing, but it's similar enough. So sometimes when they're explaining like, and there's so many patients and there's not enough staff, I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Or I think there's that one about the OR where I was just like blown away because I was like, that would never happen with humans. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, The hospital would be like bending over backwards to make sure that didn't happen. (laughs) But even like I have frustrations in the OR and I was like, yep, I have been there and I have been really frustrated about it. So even if it's not actively happening to me, I can think in the last 10 years, have I had something similar happen? Yes. And then it kind of removes my emotions from it because it isn't happening to me at that moment or it didn't just happen to me. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me more of an objective observer. And that kind of, I think helps because in your coaching car, I'm not super emotional about anything because I've already, I'm not going through it at this moment. And that helps me think about past experiences or it's going to happen again. Like there's always going to be frustrations. So it kind of also helps prepare for if this happens to me in the future, what will I do about it?
0: Oh, that's so it's and I think that and I've experienced this too, as as a client, it's like when you're in the coaching, like, can we say the coaching hot seat? I don't know how to say it. But like, when you're in the coaching hot seat, and you're in your own problem, it feels more charged, it feels so much more, like every thought feels like a fact, right? So I think when you're getting coached on it, it feels a little bit visceral and a little bit different. But what you're referring to is, when you're observing somebody else get coached on their obstacle, on their frustrations at work, it's like you're able to see it a little bit more objectively and actually take it, I think, in a very different way, which I think is the best marriage of both to get the like the personalized attention, but you also get to learn from others, which I just yeah. love.
1: And I think it's like, I don't remember which video it is, but we have the little curious scientist. That's kind of how yeah. I think about it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Versus when me, if I'm like really mad or upset about something, I'm like, it's not interesting. I'm just mad. Right. So yeah. I think that's what's nice about it too.
0: That's so good. And actually, you know, what I think is, is, is fun to think about is you get to be that also for the other people in the group. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes, when you're sure. getting coached on something, I can see everyone's eyes like, oh, like in, in the comment box, it's like, you can see people responding like, oh, that's so me or oh, that's so that. Totally happened for me too. It's like we kind of get to be that in in a group, and I'm just curious, can you just share because I feel like this is a thought that some people have that group coaching can turn into like like a hate fest or a commiserate like we're all just sitting there commiserating. Mm-hmm. How is coaching in a group different than us just complaining about our jobs or just complaining about our kids or our partners? What's the difference for you? So I think the difference is
1: is you give us different ways to think about it, so like if you were not there. And we were just all venting. It would just be bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. And everybody is positively reinforcing that and saying like, yes, I get it. That's horrible. But like, there's not really a solution to any of the problems. Everybody is Mm -hmm. just complaining and being bad. And not even that there's always a solution. But like, I think everybody would just kind of go down the track of like, yep, our jobs are hard. This is so hard. We're so stressed. And nobody actually thinks of a way out or... Mm -hmm. can kind of dial everything back so you can think about it in a different way or think of a way that might fix it for you specifically like everybody's gonna have different solutions to things but like what works best for you and I think that's what helps is you kind of point those out like well what would you do differently and then you have to think about it and I think that's really helpful or I don't know that that would happen without a coach sitting right there and telling you that
0: yeah and I think that you know commiseration I almost think of it as like You know, sometimes it's like the friend's best way of offering empathy. If somebody is like sharing the hardships of their job or of their partner, of their kids, like as a friend, the one thing that we do is like, oh my gosh, I totally get you. That happened with me too. I totally see you. And I think as in a friendship, that's kind of one way that we express that we love each other and we care about each other is like through commiseration. Sometimes it's important to recognize the difference between having a friend circle where you share problems versus being in a coaching, like an intimate coaching group where you solve problems. The other thing that you had mentioned was, you know, at the start of our group, we start with our strategy workshop where everyone Mm -hmm. kind of comes in and you have this like fresh gust of, it's like the fresh energy, fresh start motivation. And as I even share on the workshop, like this is going to be gone in a few weeks or months. Like that feeling of motivation, that excitement of the, the newness of a brand new program is going to be gone in a few weeks and a few months. And this is what happens with anything new, right? That we start. So how did you and in our work together, how did we combat that? How do I really... How do you think that that we combat that in the unstoppable group? Because motivation is totally going to go out the door.
1: I mean, I think for me, what's really helped is being like, this is the goal. And this is why it is important to me. Whereas before I was like, just this is the goal. And I would say this is why it's important to me, but like at a much more superficial level. Now I'm a little bit deeper into like, why, like, why do I want to do these things? Why, 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 why? And so I think for me, I mean, and everybody may be a little different, but even if I'm not feeling super motivated that day, just like doing the daily work, actually reminding myself of why I want to be like this and why I want to do it and what, how it will benefit my life for the rest of my life has helped me stay like, even if I'm not super motivated, I'll be like, nope, I'm just going to do it anyway. Hmm. So, and then the next day, or reminding myself like, It's the same thing I tell myself when I work out. I never want to work out, but I'm never upset after I do it. And so I'm like, oh, I should have like, and so reminding myself that like, well, tomorrow I'll be happy. I didn't do this right now. I'm be annoyed. But like tomorrow when I didn't eat like a piece of birthday cake after everybody went to bed or something, I will be really excited that I didn't do that versus how I'm going to feel tomorrow morning if I did eat that cake and I wasn't hungry for it
0: in in your what's the difference because this is i'm so glad that you're bringing this up as an example what's the difference between the way that you take action even when you're not motivated now versus like the muscling through so one is like i have to not eat the birthday cake i'm not allowed to eat it i'm not supposed to eat it and like you kind of muscle through versus what you're talking about which is a which is what we do right it's a totally different experience of how to take action when you're not motivated what's the difference do you think
1: well i think the second one feels better like i'm not like the first one, I'm kind of fighting with myself over it. And the second one, I there's no fighting with it. I'm just not going to do it. And I'll thank myself the next day. And so I think that's the difference. The The whole conversation in my head is much shorter. It's not mm-hmm. this long drawn out battle of like, oh, should I, shouldn't I, blah, blah, blah. So I think really just A, the effort, it seems like it's actually a lot less effort to do it that
0: way. And then it just feels better in my body. Like I don't
1: feel super stressed out about it. I just move on. Yeah. I think it's helpful.
0: This is so good. And this is I and tell me whether this feels true, but this is kind of a byproduct of the daily work. There's one thing to want weight loss, but what we're talking about the daily work is creating kind of this grounded commitment in your body that feels so much better, where we can just take action even when we don't feel like it. And what do you think it was for you that changed when you started doing the daily work?
1: I think I just didn't really believe it was as possible before. So I was like, well, what's the point of committing to something if it's not gonna work anyway? Mm. Um, and so I think that's kind of where I was at at that point before we started.
0: Okay, so that kind of touches on disbelief. Like there was mm-hmm. a part of you that was like, it's not going to work anyway, so why bother? Yes. So what? how did you change that? Because this is the big one. I, I feel like so many high achievers, especially working moms, they have this past pile of attempts and they're like, see, like all these things didn't work. And so why would this be any different? How did you get your brain on board to believe? I mean,
1: first of all, I just made it a priority because mm-hmm. I've got like a billion other things going on. And I was mm-hmm. like, nope, just for the next six months, this is the one thing, the one thing that I'm going to prioritize above other things and the other things can wait. And so that really helped me just like really zone in on what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. And then I think, well, A, when you start seeing results, but also I just... I think I've seen results in other areas of my life. Like I'm not as stressed out about other things and that just feels better. Like I feel like I'm more well rested when I wake up in the morning. I'm a little bit stressed this week because I'm planning a birthday party, but outside of that, you know, I just feel like I have less, I'm sure I'm making the same amount of decisions during the day, but there's less arguing in my head about what I'm doing. So I just feel less tired when I get home and I feel better and more energetic. And I think over time that has kind of just been like, well, do I want to be like this for the rest of my life? And the answer is yes. Mm. And so then I can believe I can continue to do it because I want to feel like this versus how I was feeling before.
0: Yes. Um, so I love that. And and what you just shared is, I love that you you brought this up is you made a decision to prioritize this. So I'm curious that moment that you decided I'm going to prioritize this. How did you come to that decision? Like, why did you make the decision to prioritize this now? And then what was the trickle effect at work, at home with your kids? So I think...
1: I was just frustrated. Like I just like reached my point of mass frustration, And I knew yeah. that the other things I tried or the other options that I hadn't tried, but they just, I was like, that's not, I'm not going to like that and it's not going to work. So there's no point in even going that route. And so that's how I kind of finally was like, you know what, we'll try this. I've never tried that. It seems like a better way of thinking about just like things in general, not just food. And I did kind of have like an epiphany right before I signed up, but like, I was like, well, if I'm not going to prioritize it, then I'm never actually gonna do it because I'm gonna prioritize everything else above it. So mm. I I don't know where that came from. I just did. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of where I came to with that model. Specifically at home, it's been a lot better. Like I'm just like, okay, we're not gonna do that today with my kids. It's not a big argument about something. We're just not gonna do it. They may cry a little and that's fine. We still made the decision and we're gonna move on. And so, and that's like with anything, not just food. And so I think I've kind of used it a little bit more with my parenting, and then I don't feel as guilty about their temper tantrums or other things. And I think that's helped a lot as well.
0: Yeah. You were saying that you feel a lot less stressed now and a lot less fatigued when you wake up. What do you think it was that created that?
1: I think just every day I was getting up and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things to do. And then I got to like, like, for instance, when I'd be like, well, if I'm not going to eat for eight hours, I should eat now. But really, if I'm not eating when I'm not hungry, I actually have more time. And so I think that's been helping. I think just the not arguing with myself or negotiating with myself in my head about every decision, not just food, but like, should we do this? Should we not do this? I think that has helped a lot. Like I just make my decision. I live with the consequences and I move on. And then stopping and actually like taking time to calm down before I just react has also helped a lot. Cause then I usually don't regret the decisions I make because they weren't made in like the heat of the moment without actually processing what I was feeling or thinking or.
0: Mm. I love that because it sounds it's, I I think that this is kind of the whole point that what you had wanted at the start was you wanted to get out of decision fatigue Mm -hmm. you wanted to stop having so much mental chatter. You wanted to stop thinking about it all the time. And it sounds like some of the quote unquote rules that we really worked on, which are super flexible, but it kind of created this roadmap of just like, just follow these rules and you can free yourself from decision fatigue. Losing weight the way that we do it in the unstoppable group actually saves you time, energy, effort, bandwidth, work. And it trickles into other areas too. I'm curious what yes. your thoughts are on that. I think it definitely saves bandwidth for sure. Like
1: I just, it's not, I mean, I still think about it, but the, the proportion of my thoughts is much, much less than it used to be. If I know I'm not like, I wait, I sometimes I eat breakfast because I'm hungry and sometimes I'm not, but I'm not spending 20 minutes a day being like, well, what then should I have for breakfast? Do I have time to make this? Do I have like, I think that has cut down a lot or just knowing like if there's not time, I it's okay to be hungry. So I don't have to like stop and eat, even if there's mm-hmm. not time, I'll feed myself later and it'll be okay. I'm not going to waste away in three hours. I might be hungry, but it'll be okay. That's helped a lot because I'm not taking time to eat when I don't actually need to eat just because I feel like I should be eating.
0: Mm, I love that. I wanted to share, share two other points. One is you have been one of the most consistent auditors of your work on a weekly basis. So one of the things that we do together, and this was something that I would say, if you're not hitting your dream ideal weight, and you're not getting results on a consistent basis, it's because you don't have an auditing process in place. And most of us don't have an auditing process in place. If you track points and calories, like we just haven't. One of the core fundamentals. Yeah. So one of the core fundamentals that we do in the Unstoppable Group, and I really hang a lot of our efforts on this, is to teach us all how to audit our results on a weekly basis and you have been like on fire on fire with oh. your weekly audits how you share and like I love it because you're you're at the point now I'm noticing that you know, you're catching when you, when we get to like what didn't work well and why it didn't work well, you're catching it so well. And you're just able to like now make your own small powerful tweaks really effectively. So I'm curious, like what is it that drove you to show up so well in your weekly audits, even when you might've had a week that you gained a pound, you still came in like, I'm so proud of this pound. Like I have no thoughts about it. Like you audited it so well, I could go on and on. I'm like such a fan of how you did that. So share with us how you did that. And what was the impact of you learning that skill?
1: Um, you know, I think I actually feel better after I do it. Because before I'd be like, I don't know why I gained pound or like I lost two pounds, but I know why, but it wasn't very fun. But I, I gave it very superficial thought and then I just moved on to other things in life. Or like if I gained weight, I'd be like, well, now I have to do this in the next day to lose it right away. Like, and so I don't do that anymore, but I also think auditing helps. And there have been times where I don't notice it in the daily work or like I don't notice it. But then when I'm actually sitting down and writing about it, like I think because my weight was the same last week and I really mm-hmm. did not, over like I ate when I was hungry. I wasn't eating when I wasn't hungry. But then I was like, oh, but actually, I think I was completely full when I was done eating. And it wasn't mm-hmm. an intentional thing. I wasn't like, no, I need more. Like I was just mm-hmm. eating what I've been eating and it's been fine. But then I lost 17 pounds and now it's not fine anymore. Right. So I think I actually personally like I catch things when I'm doing the audit that I didn't even realize were happening at the time. And so I think that's what's been really helpful for me is it's like a good way to look back and be like, Oh, wait, what was I thinking? Or why did I do that? When I may not have even realized at the time, that's why I was doing what I was doing.
0: That's right. And I think what I've noticed you said, because I was looking at the past few audits of yours, you have actually even said like, as I'm writing this, I noticed that And I think it's so fascinating because it's like, because, you know, I, and I, listen, I've done this too. I'm like, I'm doing it all up here in my head. Like, I'm just, I know exactly why I gained a pound is because I ate like an asshole. I ate the nachos and had three glasses of wine. That's probably why. And that would be the end, like the beginning and end of my quote unquote evaluation. Whereas kind of the step-by-step process, it's definitely tedious, but it's way faster to do an audit and know why you gained a pound than to never do an audit and just stay stuck on the scale forever.
1: Like before I just would like you did like oh, it's because I ate all this bad crap the night before. Like, right, I don't think I ever like thought about it. And now yeah. I'm like, wait, this is like, as I'm writing it, that's when it usually comes to me. I'm like, right. oh yeah, that would be why. And so I think that's yeah. been really helpful as well. Like I actually so enjoy it. I don't necessarily know that I enjoy it when I sit down, but by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I feel better now and then I can.
0: The last thing that I wanted to bring up, and this came up in our coaching call, I think maybe two or three weeks ago, where you said something along the lines of like, it's gotten easy and you felt a little uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, <laughs> You're like, yeah. I mean, it can't be this easy. Can it? Like, can it actually? And it felt un- like it was disconcerting for you. And you're like, I'm worried. What if I become complacent? Like, has this become too easy? Tell us about your experience of letting it become easy and how we solve for your worry about complacency.
1: So I think... I think when it really hit me was I think because it was it was that call after I had been awake for like 28 hours and I mm-hmm. don't even I mean I slept for three hours and I ate, I mean like every ounce of crap in the house I could eat I ate it no one was yeah. home I mean I left to leave with the kids because I was like I don't want to see any people I've been taking yeah. care of kids all afternoon I have slept three out of the last 36 hours just get out like I want to be quiet on the couch and watch tv and I went to bed early in the next morning I went I was fine and then I was like I didn't care that I did it, I guess. Like, whereas before I would have been mad at myself. And I was like, I don't know why I don't care. Like, I just couldn't figure it out why I didn't care. And then I was like, and I was fine. I was back to normal. Like, I got a full night's sleep. I ate normally the next day. It was fine. But I think I just was like, I thought I was like tricking myself. I was like, shouldn't I care about this situation? And then we coached about it. And I was like, and you, it only happens three to four times a year. And you're like, well, then it's not a problem because it's not like, I don't feel bad about it. I know it's not how I'm going to be all the time. It's not a recurring issue. So why do you... So then I think the next week, I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm still tricking myself. And then I think somebody else brought something up Mm -hmm. about complacency. And then I got coached on it, And I think. And I think what was really reassuring is like, you laid it all out on a little diagram. But basically... There's a plan. Like I already have a plan in place. Like if this happens, this is what I'll do. Whereas before, I didn't necessarily have a plan in place for what I was going to do. As I lost weight and felt better, and like was I'm not at maintenance yet, but like when I get there, like what's the plan? When do I start needing to worry again? And I think having a plan actually yeah. eased a lot of the like future worry.
0: Yes, and I think that that what we came up there was two pieces. One was you were kind of equating caring with negative self talk. Correct. Shouldn't I be mad at myself as though that is how we care about ourselves? And that was the first piece we kind of had to obliterate that. Like you can care yeah. and also not have like negative self-talk. And that's how you overcame and just kind of like undid, right? The overeating that you experienced yeah. that day.
1: And it's felt then- really weird.
0: It felt really weird. And that that sounds like, I know it feels uncomfortable to not have negative self-talk, but like imagine the impact. And then like you kind of prove that to yourself. But the second piece was that worry. Like, what if it doesn't last? What if I gain it all back? And what we did was we were like, let's give your worry the attention she is clearly asking for because in the past, it hasn't lasted. Your brain is very normally looking at the past and be like, see, but those times didn't last. Why would this time be any different? And I was like, let's answer the rhetorical question. You don't ever have to worry about gaining it back or ever worry that you're going to undo all the work you did. Here's our game plan. And it was such yeah. a simple, it's like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, this is such a simple mm-hmm. way for me to never have to worry about gaining it all back. How did you feel after that coaching? Cause I think that that's a big one. People, are like, well, I know it'll work, but like, what if it doesn't last? Felt a lot better. I
1: was like, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. it wasn't super like I could see myself doing it. I wasn't like, oh no, that's really hard. I won't be able to do that. I wasn't like, that's not, I'm already doing most of those things now currently. So I know I can do it. Just even having a plan made me feel a lot better.
0: Yeah. And so. I think that that's important to, to give, our, give ourselves that. I just feel like, you know, the way that you have been hitting your goals and kind of showing up in the group has been such a beautiful example of how you can be a busy, high achiever, working mom with unpredictable schedules and little kids and all of that. And still do this work in a way that is probably taking less time, effort, energy, and bandwidth than you not solving this problem.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely, it's not that much time. I do like five or 10 minutes of daily work a day. It just depends on the time I have. I also like, I like lock myself in my bedroom and nobody disturb me, which is very rare. Um, And the same thing with the evaluation. And then I still feel like I have that time because I'm not so exhausted from other Things or like worrying about it. Like, I I use the time to make the food versus using the time to just worry about what I'm going to do for the next day as far as my eating goes. Or, you know, mm-hmm. so that part has been eliminated. I can use that time to do other things, like just relax yeah. or read a book or that sit there and think yeah. about it. Constantly.
0: Absolutely. So, just one final question. If somebody is considering the Unstoppable group, they've been listening to the podcast and your story is resonating with them, and they're like, you know what? I, they're like kind of on the fence about it. What would you tell them about? the investment, what it's been worth for you and why this would be a decision that they might just love.
1: Okay. Um, well, I do not regret it. So we'll start there. But I think mostly, you know, I think what's helpful is it it doesn't it is really nice to get like help on your weight, but, but it just trickles into every area of your life, like you've said. So sometimes, and we don't have to go into models right now, but like when I'm dealing with my kids, I can use that. And sometimes that helps a lot. Or my husband, or when my kids are having a hard time dealing with something, I'm like, well, you know, like, just think about your thought before we have to react or do anything to it. Like, how can we make it better? And I think really just in that aspect, it has really gone into other areas of my life. It has decreased the amount of I don't want to call it like anxiety because I wasn't really anxious about food, but like ruminating about food constantly. Like, well, what am I going to do? When should I do this? I don't know if I should do this. It's really decreased the amount of extra chatter, which has left my brain open for other things, which I feel just less tired at the end of the day. I feel more relaxed at the end of the day. And it also has really just helped me. Like, I mean, I had pretty good confidence going into it, but now I have more. I feel like it's really, Mm. and it's also, I feel like, again, it goes into a bunch of other areas of your life. So okay, great. I want my weight loss to be forever and just to maintain my weight. But like that can go on to the other things. Like I want to have less decision fatigue forever, or I want to be able to like feel actually like feel and process my emotions forever, not just for the short period of time. So I think there's been a lot of different aspects of it that have just really helped me feel better overall, like in my whole life, not just with weight loss. So
0: Emily, I love it. Thank you. you're welcome. I know. And the small group is so it's nice. Isn't that just the yeah. best thing? It's Yes. Cause I think you get a good chance.
1: Like I never feel like I'm going to get ignored. Like I know there's time for me if I have something, but then at the same time, if I don't have something, I still get something out of it. Cause I can watch other people be coached and learn from that as well. So.
0: Yeah. I feel like intimate small group is just the best mix of everyone gets the personalized mentorship and coaching that they want. And you get, just get to Grow from the wisdom of the coaching of others, which yeah,
1: you get more than just yeah. yourself, and you get to see it in other aspects. And I think that's really helpful as well.
0: So good. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the oh, podcast yeah. and sharing your whole story and just being such a rock star. It has been such a thrill having you here. And thanks. Thank thanks for having me. One of the things that I am on a personal mission on for high achieving working moms is to really show you that to lose the weight that you want in the most simplest and sustainable way does require that you do things differently than you have in the past. I think Emily's story today was such a perfect example of how she was willing to challenge all of her old ways of losing weight simply because she wanted the most sustainable forever strategy. I want you to know that we are going to be covering this on my webinar on September 17th, Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Grab your seat over at theunstoppablemombrain.com forward slash webinar. You are going to want to come to this webinar if weight loss has felt like a struggle for you. If it's felt like it's taking so much time and effort and work and energy, I promise you whatever results you do create are not going to be sustainable. On this webinar, you're going to learn how to lose the weight you want with half the time, half the energy, and half the mental bandwidth. It is seriously going to change how you lose weight and how you feel better in sustaining your results. And the Unstoppable Group is going to be opening for enrollment right after the webinar. This is my six-month intimate small group coaching program for high-achieving working moms who want to lose weight without a calculator now. Plus, when you are registered for the webinar, you qualify for a really special bonus. When you book your sales call and join the Unstoppable Group within 48 hours of doors opening, you are going to get a one-on-one strategy call with me. Trust me, this is a bonus you do not want to miss. So grab your seat over at theunstoppablemombrain.com forward slash webinar. And I will see you on Sunday, September 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable Mombrain Podcast. It's been an honor spending this time with you and your brilliant brain. If you want more resources or information from the show, head on over to theunstoppablemombrain.com.